Hello, this is Scott Harris with Master's Choice and the MC Podcast. I'd like to welcome you in today. Thanks for tuning in on whatever platform you're listening on. We're going to take a few minutes today and talk about the innovation that expands dairy's role in school nutrition. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious to anybody who's been in the dairy industry uh, in the past few years that dairy has been under attack, uh, especially when you talk about nutrition. Uh, animal health, animal side of it as well, but really a lot when it comes to nutrition being kind of targeted uh, in a lot of areas and no bigger area have we seen that attack happen than in our schools. And so we're actually going to have a guest today, uh, Julie Matson ostro is going to join us. We'll bring her in in just a second. She's going to talk to us about um, how things have changed and some things that are going on and some things maybe we can even do uh, to kind of help the progress here. Uh, she is the Vice President of Dairy Experience and Wellness with Midwest Dairy. Welcome to the MC Podcast. My name is Scott Harris. My whole life in dairy farming. Grew up in it. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I appreciate that very much. It's been exciting to watch you guys work. Julie, thanks for taking some time to join us. Oh, my pleasure, Sky. I'm glad to be here. So your article that uh, kind of peaked to this was uh, something in Progressive Dairy. Uh, it's where we took it from. And so we're going to kind of uh, be highlighting on that article. But really, as we're talking, you know, we're, I think it could spin off into some other areas. But first of all, great article. I really enjoyed reading that. And it was a little bit... Uh, uplifting for me a little little promising so that was really nice but before we really dive into this uh, tell us about you and tell us about um, about Midwest Dairy of course um, and you're right it's exciting to be a part of schools that's uh, one of my favorite parts of my job um, I am by uh, training a registered dietitian um, National Dairy Council as well as Midwest um, has many, many dietitians nationally, well over a hundred and about 16 just in our Midwest dairy uh, footprint of nine and a half states. Um, very dedicated to uh, nutrition, health and wellness. I am, as you said, the vice president of wellness, uh, Dare Experience Wellness, which means I lead the strategy for all of our work, not only in schools, but also our work in the community with thought leaders on nutrition and showing how sustainable dairy is. Um, I'm going on my 15th year with uh, Dairy Council, with Dairy Checkoff. Um, prior to that, I had done some other um, various jobs and consulting kinds of, of, of things. Um, and I really, truly, I, I say this with all sincerity, this is my bucket list job. I went to school in Wisconsin, um, Menominee, Wisconsin, UW-Stout, in uh, home economics and then later in dietetics. And um, we, our professors were very, very strongly um, supportive of the Dairy Council and the wonderful work that dairy farmers had done to uh, provide nutrition education and very 
balanced, science-based nutrition education. And so I looked at that and I thought, oh, that's what I want to do. That would be the, the best job ever. Did not want to work in a hospital and um, or other opportunities. So, um, you know, years later, uh, probably about 15, 20 years later, when uh, that opportunity came up, I applied and lo and behold, um, I, I got the job. So um, again, I'm very, very pleased to work on behalf of the hardworking dairy farm families um, here in the Midwest. Um, currently in our Midwest footprint, we have about uh, 6,500 um, hardworking farm families and um, just love doing that and also love promoting milk, cheese and yogurt, which um, I, I firmly believe and always have believe it's, it's a key to, um, to healthy diets, um, bottom yeah. line. Yeah, I think that, the, and that that's a great place to start. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're talking about this, you say in your article, um, you make a statement that says, as the world changes and as schools continue to adapt to what today's students want and need, the ways in which a dairy is incorporated into schools must change also. Tell me more about that. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to, I will guarantee you that I'm, I'm much older than you and the the carton of milk the way that I received milk in school growing up um, hasn't changed um, in all of those years back from the last century um, they still get a gable top carton of milk um, you know I don't know that that's the reason at all milk school milk experience is why um, students start to um, move away from drinking fluid milk. Um, I don't think it helps. We haven't done a whole lot of really great innovation. And I say we mean the, the entire industry. Um, and I, you know, it's, we're in a unique situation. Um, you know, we have that spot on the school milk tray. Um, milk is required to be served in schools, um, schools that are following the National School Lunch or School Breakfast Program. So we have a, a really good opportunity to make that um, a, a lifetime habit. And for many kids we do, but we also know that it doesn't necessarily mean that they're also getting milk um, or, or cheese or yogurt at home as their beverage. And there are lots of other competitive beverages. In the school, there really isn't. It's pretty much just water and milk, um, sometimes juice once in a while. Um, but in order to show relevance and, and, you know, a lot of the work that we're doing right now, Scott, is focused on this younger generation. It's called Gen Z, uh, Generation Z. Um, you're looking at probably about 10-year-olds, to 23 year olds. So uh, in the K-12 school system, we have obviously, you know, let's say 10 to 18-ish, um, something like that. So definitely middle school and high school and some elementary kids. What we know about um, this generation, if you will, is that they're, I wanna say they're different, but they're the most uh, racially and ethically diverse generation to date. You know, right. when you look at um, millennials and Gen Xers and, and baby boomers and the greatest generation, this is a, a different kind of group. And, and National Dairy and Midwest Dairy is really looking at how are we going to get this young group of consumers to love and embrace dairy? Um, and it's a really interesting um, uh, 
process that we're going through, if you will. Um, they have a lot of spending power. They know what they like. And the other thing that's that's really interesting is that they really want to know where their food comes from. Yeah. And as, as working in dairy and in my position, I, you know, that's exciting because dairy farmers have a great story to tell. We have a great story to tell all of the wonderful things that, that dairy is doing to become uh, or to be and show people that it is sustainable, it's good for people, and it's good for the environment. Yeah, I, you know, I have a lot of, you know, a lot of my friend group is uh, not not ag people. And so um, the, so naturally, anytime there's any kind of food question, uh, ag question, they're, they're messaging me and, you know, they're with, you know, probably not so much recently, but I would say three to four years ago, you know, really heavy attack on dairy um, from a nutrition standpoint. Uh, and what I've seen happen is that even within just that friend group, and I think it's expands to a lot more people, is they just took what was told to them and just took it as science uh, that, you know, milk's not good for you. Uh, you know, they're, you're, you're hurting the cows. It's, you know, you're abusive to the animal, so on and so forth. Um, when, and actually having conversation with them and through education of me saying, you guys don't even understand how much most dairy, how much these, most of these dairies love their cows and they take very good care of them. They make sure they have everything they need. Um, and it's just changed, but really at the, the bigger issue here, I think is, um, you know, growing up, Every meal, we had milk out on the table. Every meal. It did not matter. We could be eating pizza. I mean, we ate whatever. I mean, every meal we had, milk was an, was an option at least, you know. And um, <clears throat> breakfast, lunch, dinner, all of them. All of them. I mean, and, and now, I mean, I'm ashamed to even say I rarely, you know, give milk as an option to my daughter. I, you know, uh, she likes it and we do drink it generally more with breakfast, but I mean, there's a cultural change that's going on. That's and that's got to be playing a big part into this. It it definitely is. And so, you know, um, what in our in our research and our understanding of Gen Z, um, we're also looking at what motivates them. You know, what what kinds of foods are they interested in? And a couple of things that have surfaced, um, and I think this is probably across the board, but definitely pizza is one. I mean, who doesn't love pizza? But also um, smoothies. Um, yes. and smoothies and, and you can find it at, you know, not only fast food places, but all of the kind of coffee shops and, and whatnot, um, and made with, uh, eight ounces of milk and made with about four ounces of Greek yogurt. It is part of a reimbursable meal. And so add some fruit and some other things to, uh, you know, flavor it up and, it becomes part of the school meal and a super easy way for kids to get that delicious nutrition and also for the school to, you know, um, serve serve a breakfast. So in, in what some of the things that we're doing at Midwest and, and my colleagues are doing across the country is providing uh, districts and giving them the information to make smoothies um, especially for breakfast, but definitely for lunch. Um, in the, and they grab a, a whole grain muffin or something to that effect, some cereal, and it's a complete breakfast. It's a complete reimbursable meal um, on the, the National School Lunch Program and Breakfast Program. So that's really exciting. So it's it's really that 
that milk that was in the carton and now it's just in the form of a smoothie and you know honestly as a dietitian and as a mom that works for me um, yeah absolutely the same thing you know i think that's a big part of this too is the excuse me the on-the-go life that we have right now that everybody seems to have you know everybody's always running somewhere the smoothie uh is is a little more travel friendly you know than a than necessarily a glass of milk right or or something like that yeah and and what we found too especially this has really been heightened over the last year and a half or so during the the pandemic and depending on uh, school situations and if they've had to kind of figure out how to um, serve meals in, in a COVID safe way to be able to distance kids if they're eating in classrooms and whatnot. Um, a lot of the schools that we work with have to serve um, in different areas. Um, they might have a, a little grab and go type of cart for breakfast where the buses let out. And so the students go through a, a line. Again, line can't be really long because you gotta get them into class. So again, grabbing a smoothie and, and whatever that other whole grain is, um, boom, they're off to class and, and not a whole lot of delay. So um, it's, it's obviously popular with kids because it tastes good and it's um, interesting and colorful and all of that. And again, really seeing a huge surge in that uh, throughout yeah. the country. Yeah, your article states that there's a, to the tune of about an 84% increase from the previous year in grocery store sales. Uh, and so that's that, I mean, that number is huge. And I don't see any reason why that trend isn't going to continue. Um, an area that has become becoming more popular uh, is also using it for, uh, yes, it was a post-workout. You're hearing a lot of people uh, using uh, actually even chocolate milk um, for to get their protein um, in so there's a there's a lot of that going on as well. So I think I think the the you know the attack is still there. It's probably always going to be there. But I think there is more education going on, and I'm sure it's through people like you and your group and uh, your company that 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 is being being happening and effective. So um, <clears throat> one of the things that I I personally really liked that I read in your article was you were pointing out how. Things are turning cooler, and they definitely are. We're uh, we're a lot cooler today here in Anna in Southern Illinois than we have been, and it's been raining for two days. So, um, but so, and there's some things that schools can do, and maybe even parents can do to increase their milk consumption as things get cooler. So, talk to me about that. Yeah, that you know, that's a. Uh, I, I think you're talking about. Um, we were just talking about chocolate milk. This is kind of flipping things on on its head. It was such a simple, simple um, concept that we all kind of like shook our head and said, "Oh my gosh!" So when we talk about, and I'm 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 from um, Minnesota. I live in Minneapolis, um, and it's definitely cooler up here as well. And when the when it turns cooler, a lot of us turn to. Uh, you know, having a hot chocolate or something as a um, an enjoyable afternoon beverage, et cetera. Um, and, and most of us think of having a mix or opening up a packet of dried powder stuff and putting water in, et cetera, um, tends to have a lot of, of sugar, added sugar and things like that. Um, actually, some really brilliant school folks, nutrition folks, um, took the chocolate milk from the carton, um, poured it into uh, like a, a big kettle, a big saucepan, heated it on the stove, 
nothing added, and it is hot chocolate milk. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, um, that, Scott, is my go-to afternoon pick-me-up treat. Um, I pour my chocolate milk into a mug, pop it in the microwave. Sometimes I'll add some marshmallows, but um, it is the the best way if you're like, oh, I need a little something. And as you pointed out, it has protein. And most people, you know, we, we've done a really good job with um, messaging and telling people that milk has got calcium and, and lots of other nutrients. They, they don't really focus on those, but we tend to forget the protein. And protein is so key. So many people are, are trying to focus on that protein and milk's got it. It's got um, about eight grams of protein in, in an eight ounce glass. So um, really solid kind of, um, you know, you feel like you're indulging yourself, but it really is a, a nutritious um, kind of treat. So we do that in schools and um, especially, you know, think of the little ones who um, are watching their maybe older siblings or their parents go to the coffee shop and have a cup with a a lid on it and walk around. It's kind of a status symbol in, in lots of places. And so for many of these kids, they can go and get the same thing in the cafeteria. It's simply their chocolate milk that's heated up and um, they can kind of sip on it with their breakfast. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah that what a, I can just, I understand exactly what you mean. What a, what a simple thing, but yet I never thought about it. Ne never never once thought about it and i love chocolate milk and i love hot chocolate so we'll do that next um, time you're, you're a little chilly pop some in the microwave and you'll it's it's wonderful julie uh, julie that's probably happening today so <laughs> awesome yeah that's probably happening today so uh great to, great great idea great to think about so on your guys on the midwest dairy i believe uh, on your website you have a toolkit um that I believe is, is, can you tell me about that? It's, it kind of gives some other ideas, right? For dairy innovation or, or ways we can use dairy. Am I correct in that or? Yeah, the, the two main toolkits that we have right now, actually there are three. Um, one is the hot chocolate milk. And again, it, it, I can say that and, and you can figure it out how to do it, but it does help schools walk through how they can do it um, in their uh, facility. Um, we also provide some other kinds of marketing and promotion promotion types of materials they can print off and, and use um, our undeniably dairy imaging and things like that. Um, there's also a toolkit for smoothies, giving some different recipes, how they can use um, some of the, the fruit that they get um, from the USDA commodities and things like that to uh, create some different uh, fun smoothies for the students. Um, and then we have a toolkit, um, another, and talk about, um, I don't, I wouldn't say it's innovation. It's probably what's old is new again, if, if you want to go uh, think of it that way. But, um, and, and this was, uh, we had some really good movement on this before the, uh, the COVID pandemic. Most of these machines have kind of been turned off for uh, those concerns at the moment, but they'll come back on. And that is bulk milk dispensing. We sometimes call it a steel cow. Um, most Some people know it from, remember it from college, or if you've been yeah. in a cafeteria line, it's simply lifting up a lever. Um, the milk that comes out of those steel cows, if you will, is usually really cold, um, 
35 is the perfect temperature for uh, milk to be served. And it is absolutely delicious because there's steel plates in there that keep that bag um, nice and cold. So um, we've had a lot more schools that are interested in that for environmental reasons. They use uh, plastic uh, washable cups so they don't have the waste of throwing out milk cartons and things like that. Um, and students drink more milk because it's cold and it's delicious. So um, we're gonna, there's a toolkit for that, for schools that wanna know how to do that. Um, but uh, those will start up again as uh, schools open up and start loosening some of their restrictions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like COVID or something changed a few things or something. It did so. change quite a few things. Some yeah. things that, uh, you know, were, um, you know, challenges. And I think there are some things that um, hopefully, hopefully will stick. Um, you know, right now students have to, they have to be creative in, in where they eat. Um, some schools are, are serving in the classroom or they're getting their meals and they're going back to the classroom. And that um, makes that meal time maybe a little more calm and a little more focused on eating that meal as opposed to being in the cafeteria and worrying about, I only have 10 minutes because I have to run outside and get the certain gym equipment or the kickballs or whatever it is that kids do um, on the playground. And, um, you know, and or the, the breakfast, um, more focused on serving them all of those meals. Right now, the USDA has a, um, uh, all meals, all students can uh, uh, eat a meal at no charge, breakfast, and lunch schools serve it. So there's a lot of opportunity. The, the, the other piece of this, Scott, that um, has shown us um, from the pandemic, especially, is the food insecurity and the, the numbers of students, one in six, one in six students, it's estimated, is food insecure, meaning they don't know where their next meal is coming from. And they rely on meals at school, whether it's breakfast, and lunch, and, and there are a lot of our schools that are doing even evening meals called after-school suppers, which again is not probably what you and I would call a supper. It's it's like another lunch, if you will. But again, it's serving kids and serving the needs. We often say that that schools really truly are the largest restaurant in the community when you oh, think yeah. about it. Yeah, when you really um, think that way, yeah. Exactly, and they play. Uh, they 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 play a big role in, in keeping these students fed. Um, and what we know from research, and I said earlier when I talked about um, my background, one of the other pieces that really motivates me, and I'm, I'm so grateful that the National Dairy Council has for over 100 years been grounded in science. Um, because the things that we talk about and say all have scientific, backing behind it. It's not just me thinking this or making this up. We have a science to go behind it. Um, and in the research that we have, and uh, you know, we know that students who ha are well-fed um, in the morning and at lunch, and even in the evenings, do better academically. They have less behavior problems, less visits to the nurse because at 10 o'clock they don't have a headache and an upset tummy because they just didn't get anything to eat. So the school meals program um, does so much, so much for the community as well as, as the students and, and feeding a generation.
Absolutely. That's yeah, I know. I mean, I know, for example, um, and I know a lot of schools across the country did this, but our our local school uh, provided meals during COVID, at the beginning of COVID when no one was going to school. Um, and so you had churches that were coming in and helping the schools to get these meals delivered and, and bagged and everything. It was quite the quite the undertaking because the, the biggest issue was there were going to be a lot of kids that were going to eat, period, um, if they did not have those school meals. And so um, what a what a daunting task it is, but it's uh, so important. So so kind of kind of close this out. Just a qu- one last question is you, uh, through this conversation and you've already given some of this. So if there's no additional here. That's fine. But um, if listeners listen to this and they're concerned about the future of dairy. To, what can they do to help the positive trend that is starting going? How, how can they take action? Well, um, you know, I, I think one of the things to always remember, and, and I'm saying this right now, is that dairy does have a place on that school menu. Um, and it is required. Um, know that um, through the dairy checkoff and, and uh, Midwest Dairy, National Dairy Council, we are doing all that we can to not only ensure that, but to make sure that that's a great experience for students. Again, whether it's coming up with innovative new projects like smoothies or hot chocolate milk, um, helping the school nutrition folks to, um, you know, just keep that a main part of, of their diet. In addition, this generation, this Gen Z um, students, we're educating them as well on dairy farming. You know, most of the kids don't come from a, a agriculture or a rural background. They have no idea that milk actually comes from a cow and not from the store. Um, so we're doing also uh, lots of education, mainly through our Fuel Up to Play 60 program, to help them understand who the where their milk comes from, their cheese and yogurt, and who the people are that that do that. Um, and so. I, I think that I would say there's a lot of positives um, to keep in mind and be supportive of your local schools. Um, and uh, yeah, and we have lots of resources on our website, Midwest Dairy at uh, MidwestDairy.com. Um, and please check those out and um, talk to your, your schools and make sure that they're um, looking at the various options. Great. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to educate us on this, uh, Julie. We really appreciate it. Um, I, I think you've given me, for sure, a little bit of hope here that uh, that things are trending maybe back in the right direction. And um, parents out there, uh, or if you're just have children involved in your life, uh, make sure they're getting what they need from a dairy standpoint. From that, there's a lot of nutritional aspects to dairy that are, have been lied about, kind of mis, mistreated, misin, misinformation at the very least. And so, um, we need to make sure we do a part. It sounds like the people at Midwest Dairy have some information on their website that would be very beneficial if you're kind of battling that in your school district. So go on, check that out. So, Julie, thanks a lot for being a guest. Thank really you. appreciate it. Enjoy talking with you. Yeah, very much. So again, we're going to thank our guest, Julie Matson ostro and uh, the folks over there at Midwest Dairy for what they do, and uh, really appreciate it. So that's all for today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, make sure and subscribe. Give us a like, and uh, we'll be back again sometime soon.
Take care.